The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Who are you? The question that's asked by the priests and the Levites sent from Jerusalem. Who are you? It's perhaps one of the most profound questions a person can be asked. We spend our entire lives trying to live into the answer. When we're asked this, we usually start with our name. Right? We usually answer with something about our family or how we spend our time. I'm Eric. I'm a spouse and a dad. I'm a son and an older brother and a friend. I'm a follower of Jesus and a Lutheran pastor. I'm a guitar player and a bit of a coffee geek. Right? We tell the stats about ourselves when someone asks, who are we? If someone walked up to you and asked, who are you, how would you answer? What are the words that you would use to describe who you are? John takes a bit of an interesting tack toward this question in our reading for today. He begins by saying who he is not. Right? He's not the Messiah. He's not Elijah. He's not the prophet. The unfolding of this introduction to John's telling of the gospel shapes a path that I think can be instructive for us in those times when we may be struggling with the question of who we are. We can struggle with those things in different ways through different seasons of our life with who we are. So an easier way to get at this may be to follow John's example by identifying who we are not. He says, I am not the Messiah. That's a good starting place for us too, yes? <laughs> we are not the Messiah. 
We're not the Savior. We're not the one sent in to save the world. We are not perfect. There have been a great many abuses throughout the history of the church when the church or the people within it have claimed a power or authority that just doesn't belong to them. And churches or church leaders use their power to draw lines of exclusion around who is in or who is out in God's kingdom. It hurts the whole body of Christ. They're not even our lines to draw in the first place. Firmly above our pay grade as followers of Jesus. Instead, John sets an example for us as he begins his ministry from a place of humility. Who are you? I am not the Messiah. He refuses to claim any identity that does not belong to him. But we can't simply define ourselves only by who we are not. The question of who we are is big and expansive and requires a more embodied response than simply saying who or what we are not. We also must know who we are. So the religious leaders of the day asked John again, Who are you? What do you say about yourself? And he responds clearly and confidently that he is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. It's such a powerful response because he knows that he is preparing a path for other sandals to walk. He is a witness testifying to the greatness of someone other than himself. John knows his role, and in humility, he assumes the role of pointing to one who comes after. It's something we're not quite used to, used to seeing in our world today. If you notice, John isn't called the Baptist in this reading today like he is in the other Gospels. He's simply called John. His primary identity in this Gospel is not found in his baptizing, but rather in his ability to give witness and testimony to the one who comes after him. His primary identity in this Gospel is simply to bear witness. So I wonder, now that we have established who or what we are not, it frees us to ground ourselves in humility and embody who we truly are. For John, he has known since the very beginning, when he leapt in his mother Elizabeth's womb at the sound of Mary's voice, he knew that his calling, he knew that his very life is connected to the one who comes after him. And John stays true to his identity to the very end. Several chapters later, he's arrested for this very witness and testimony that he gives. He's arrested for his truth-telling, and yet he never wavers because he knows who he is. I think a third powerful example that John sets for us is he knows the one who sent him. We have know who you're not, know who you are, and know the one who sent you. This is the John the Witness school of knowing who you are. <laughs> right? 
You hear in the very first verse of our Gospel this morning, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Before we learn anything about John, before we even learn his very name, we learn from whom he was sent. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Remembering who has sent us on this journey of faith can help us know who we are not and also can help us affirm who we are. The third Sunday of Advent is usually associated with joy, with a sort of joyful anticipation of knowing that Jesus is near. Paul's words from 1 Thessalonians give us that posture of waiting in confidence of God, knowing that Jesus is near. Rejoice always, Paul writes. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. It can make it it easier for us to tap into that joy when we rightly understand our place in God's ruling activity. When we rightly understand who we are not, who we are, and who sent us. Jesus, who sends us out, gives his first sermon by entering the synagogue, opening the scroll to the section of the prophet Isaiah that we read earlier today. One of the very first things Jesus does in his act of ministry, his first sermon that he gives, is to simply read from the prophet Isaiah which is fulfilled in the one who sent us. Because God anointed Jesus to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn and proclaim the year of God's favor. That's the one who sent us. That is the one who sent us. What could be more joyful in this world than the leveling of oppression, injustice, and suffering so that all people could join in celebration of what God has done so that we could rejoice always, so that we could praise without ceasing, so that we could give thanks in all circumstances. And yet part of bearing witness knows that those things do not come easy there are things in our world that take away from joy. There are things in this world that make it hard, if not impossible, to give thanks in all circumstances. And yet, this is the call of the one who sent us. So I wonder how you'd answer that initial question, who are you? The question that Grounds John in who he is and what he does. John, the witness of the world. Are you a voice that cries out in the wilderness? Are you a, a pathmaker? Are you one who will sit with those who are in the wilderness of grief? Are you the one who has been wandering in the wilderness looking for that kind of relief? questions that we continue to ask. They're questions that we wrestle with as we continue to light candles to keep watch for Messiah. Watching and waiting in hope. 
but we watch together. And we wait together with all those who have gone before, with all those who will come after. We prepare the way for the one who sends us. Called in who we are. Called by the God who continues to make all things new. Called by the God who brings good news to the oppressed, binds up the brokenhearted, proclaims liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. Who comforts all who mourn and says, and proclaims the year of God's favor. It's that for which we hope and long for. I love this practice that we have in this Advent season, taking these paper candles and naming the hopes and prayers that are on our hearts in this season. The hopes and prayers that bind us together. I love the image of a a bowl of hopes and prayers that are overflowing. (laughs) And the ways that then they empty, they are emptied out as we take on each other's hopes and prayers in this season, as we hope and pray with and for one another. In hopeful anticipation of the one who continually comes at Christmas. And as we do so, we go on our way rejoicing. Thanks be to God. Amen.